Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm your host Rob Cameron bringing you all that you may or may not need to know about Major League Wrestling and its television programming. And ladies and gentlemen, it is here. Oh frab just Jay, it is here. We are taking a look at the restart episode number 110 of MLW Fusion. Today is the first episode back since the start of the pandemic and since, well, we kicked Contra out of Major League Wrestling headquarters in New York. And it looks like we got a really big show today. Uh, it was announced that all of the singles champions will be wrestling in matches tonight, uh, specifically with uh, the middleweight championship. Uh, featuring Brian Pillman and Myron Reed, and the World Heavyweight Championship with Davy Boy Smith Jr. taking on the champ, well, obviously, Jacob Fatu of Contra. So without any further ado, let's get started. Today's show starts off with a highlight reel of the past couple of years featuring highlights of... Um, well, a mixture of the olden days and some of the newer folk, uh, mostly focusing on the last couple of years since Major League Wrestling's uh, most current restart. Um, following this, Alexander Hammerstone, uh, the open weight champion, gets into the ring. Uh, we cut away to see our broadcast team of Rich Bocchini and Mr. St. Loren. Uh, they run down tonight's card, which I just did for you. Uh, before moving on to a brand spanking new opening segment with the same theme song. We come back and we see Alexander Hammerstone taking on someone, I don't know, I mean, they never really get a chance to announce it, because the bell rings, Hammer just clotheslines the poor boy out of his boots, and hits him with the Nightmare Pendulum for the 1-2-3. Um, we get fancy new match graphics, so we do get like a brief you know, respite of not knowing who the guy is. Uh, evidently, the guy's name is Dugan. That's about it. Didn't get a first name out of the deal. But the important thing is, Hammerstone takes care of that match in about 20 seconds. So his match was shorter than it probably t than the time it took me to probably uh, talk about, well, his match. And talk about who this Dugan is. I'm assuming he's Hacksaw Jim. You know, the old Mid-South wrestler. Hacksaw Jim Dugan. Anyway, after the match, Hammer gets on the microphone. Your boy wants people to know that he's ready to give the people what they want to see, and that is a match between the Openweight Champion and the World Heavyweight Champion, Jacob Fatu. We cut to a backstage video featuring mostly Myron Reed, um, a little bit of Brian Pillman. It is mostly a highlight of Myron Reed's feud with Brian Pillman. Uh, starting when Injustice attacked Billman backstage. And now Pillman's getting along, cutting the weight, trying to get down to 205 so he can uh, wrest that title away from Myron Reed. Uh, we get a view of the stage, a little bit of music. Well, they tell us it's Pillman's music. It sounds like Pillman's music, sleazy 80s music with uh, some Panther growls. And one thing we don't get is Brian Pillman. Like, we cycle through the music twice, and we get nothing. Uh, commentary kind of puts over that this could be mind games, it could be nerves. You know, we just don't have a Brian Pillman. So we go to break. We come from back from break. Hey, Pillman decides to make his entrance. Uh, 
from here, we're just going to act like nothing happens. Uh, Myron comes out. We has match for the middleweight championship. Uh, with Myron Reed, we have Jordan Oliver, who is much maligned by this particular podcast. Um, but I will put over the fact that he has real wrestling gear now, which is cool. He is now wrestling in street clothes. The only catch is, is that he's not wrestling tonight, so he probably could have wore street clothes and I'd given him a pass. But, you know, nothing he's going to do is going to make me happy. Except give me money. I will totally be happy if he gives me money. And I'll sing his praises too, and we'll just call it a sponsorship. But more importantly, um, we have a match at hand for the middleweight championship. Uh, when the bell rings, Pillman just tramples away. And poor Myron Reed runs him down and then just starts punching him in the head while he's laid out. Uh... <laughs> Reed goes outside for a brief respite, and they has Brawl out there as well. Uh, Reed gets thrown in the ring, who immediately goes for his tope suicida, and takes out Pillman, attempts to do it a second time, and fails, gets an uppercut for his efforts. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Pillman attempts to work over the midsection of Reed. Uh, famously, he's had some issues with his chest and pectorals, uh, which is the reason he wears a weighted chest protector. Uh, Pillman is using all sorts of underhanded tactics while using various wear-down holds that target the midsection, uh, using the ropes on an abdominal stretch, and does a modified surfboard uh, using the chest protector as leverage. Uh, the ref does get some separation because Pillman is blatantly cheating, uh, and this allows Reed to take the advantage. Meanwhile, on commentary, they're really hammering down the fact that Pillman has lost a bunch of weight to get in this match, that he's lost 15 pounds, and they also note that he uh, has gained, well, 15 pounds back since, way, uh, since the weigh-in, that he weighed in yesterday uh, at 205, which is the limit to compete for this title, and has weighed in at 220 pounds today. And let's face it, if that's the case, like, I can't vouch for what kind of ring shape he's going to be in. I mean, yes, you can dehydrate yourself, but, like, man, dehydrating yourself that much could probably, you know, hurt you too, or at least hurt your stamina or something of the like. But, you know, never mind that. Uh, Reed, Reed comes back on Pillman for a wee bit, uh, gets ballsy, removes the chest protector, uh, and they just start having a slugfest, just taking turns teeing off on each other like they're in Japan or something. Uh, eventually, Reed ends up taking control and get, it gets a slam, and then a slingshot leg drop out of the deal as well. Uh, Reed then goes for another springboard mover, but unfortunately he doesn't get to pull that off because Pillman counters that into a backslide 4-2. Uh, Pillman tries several maneuvers to get various near falls, uh, really trying to win the match now. Unfortunately, Reed catches on to this strategy and hits a stunner, cutter, and reverse suplex combination. Also happens for, to be for two. Uh, Pillman briefly takes over once again, uh, go uh, and whips Reed into the turnbuckles. Uh, coincidentally, the turnbuckle that had his knee protector, uh, Reed briefly gets the knee protector up as Pillman charges forth and charges knee first right into said chest protector. Uh, this allows enough of a distraction for Reed to hit the air raid crash for the victory. Uh, pretty solid match between the two of them. Uh, I'm in, it kind of interested to note that the commentary did not notice the chest protector part of that at the fingering in into uh the finish 
Um, but we'll see if that kind of plays out in the future. Um, but mean, meanwhile, they're really just kind of hammering down the match that like, oh, Pillman made a mistake and just charged in there. Uh, but, you know, whatever the case, all that work for Pillman down the drain. You failed, Pillman. Go back to AEW Dark and team with that Griff Garrison dude. Uh, whatever's going to happen, I don't know what's going to happen with them. Um, anyway, a uh, solid enough match. Uh, you know, really kind of hammering the fact that, you know, playing up to the strengths and weaknesses, uh, kayfabed, of each person. Uh, though I do question, like, this was such a, you know, backstage banger of a feud, and they wrestled uh, really fairly honorably for the most part, outside of, like, Pillman's kind of sort of cheating in the beginning of it like you really couldn't tell that there was a feud between the two of them uh that kind of lacked some intensity outside of the uh you know strong style strike fest in the middle which you'll see in any sort of match with good competition potentially um anyway backstage uh reed wants everyone to know that they need to stop sleeping on him and his next target happens to be leo rush who has been announced as to signing with the company. Uh, so we will see how that goes. It, they are two of the better flyers in uh, MLW right now. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, I'm not a big fan of Leo Rush, but I can't deny the dude can bounce around like a ping pong ball. And obviously Myron Reed uh, can do that, do that as well. And both uh, are under the 205 weight limit, so it should be a, an exciting feud, hopefully, for the middleweight title. Uh, again, say what you want about Leo Rush. You know, he's a great athlete and can put on some solid matches. So, I, you know, you should be excited to where we're going next on that. Hopefully, maybe, possibly. Anywho, uh, we go to an interview video featuring Los Parks. They're looking to take out the Contra unit. Uh, very proud of the fact that they helped out taking back Major League Wrestling headquarters from Contra. And they're looking to finish the job once and for all. Uh, the patriarch of the family, L.A. Park, does have some history with Jacob Fatu. Uh, as Fatu is one of the only people, if not the only per person, to uh, pin Park during uh the previous restart um so they got some history there and i'm sure park would love to have his win back especially if it happens to be for the world heavyweight championship next we get a graphic for the opera cup it looks like mlw is once again bringing back the old tradition of the opera cup um unfortunately we don't get to hear too much about it because contra interrupts uh the broadcast Joseph Samael talking about how they held MLW hostage and they've just grown in power despite this setback and that no matter what happens, we are going to see Jacob Fudgy emerge victorious tonight. Uh, next, we get the big revelation that Selena De La Renta was the mole for Contra to allow them into the building to do the takeover. Uh, this fact had been revealed on Pulp Fusion by Conan. A bit ago, um, and we're waiting to see what sort of repercussions this has for Selena and her promotionist Dorada. Anywho, uh, let's take another look at that Opera Cup thing. We get a promo history of the Opera Cup. Um, for those of you who haven't uh, seen the Opera Cup in action or haven't listened to the previous podcasts from nearly a year ago, uh, the Opera Cup was evidently a tradition in professional wrestling, at least up in the Northeast. Um, and it was last one before going on hiatus by Stu Hart. Uh, in 2019, uh, Major League Wrestling 
brought back the Opera Cup, uh, made it a big deal under the pretense that uh, Teddy Hart was going to put it up on the line. Um, but once he left the company, they kind of phased it to Davy Boy Smith Jr., who was also a part of the Hart family, at least by proxy. And, well, I guess by proxy, I mean by his mother, of course. Um, but they're looking to continue the tradition here in 2020. Uh, they have announced the first round matches. Uh, first round matches include Filthy Tom Lawler versus Rocky Romero, Low Key versus the current Opera Cup winner, Davy Boy Smith Jr., The Laredo Kid versus ACH, and Richard Holiday versus TJP. Uh, we will note that, uh, about half the participants took part in last year's tournament. Uh, Loki, Davy Boy Smith, Richard Holiday, and TJP uh, all were in the tournament last year. Speaking of Davy Boy Smith, he is backstage with Alicia Toot. Uh, he announced that this is the biggest match of his career, um, and that 16 years in Major League Wrestling has brought him to this moment, and he's not going to fail tonight. We get a brief hype video for the debut of Calvin Tankman. That is next week. And man, that was an awkward pronunciation of Tankman. Uh, treating him like he's Pac-Man. Um, anyway, he's going to drop the bomb on us. We'll see how that goes next week. Following this, we see Richard Holiday on the beach. He is still in the Caribbean. And according to him, he is stuck there and can't come back to the country. He's blaming Alicia Toot and claims that this is such a crime that he can't take part in MLW's restart despite being the Caribbean champion. Uh, he is currently looking for a way to get back into the country uh, and defend that title. I, well, at least I suppose he's going to defend the title in America. I don't know. He's in the Caribbean. He's got the beaches. He's got the sunsets. And in theory, life could be good. Speaking of good life in exotic locales, we see the Von Erichs training. Uh, we get a brief moment of sitting under the story tree with Patriarch Kevin, noting that his father Fritz almost named world-class championship wrestling, Major League Wrestling, uh, because he thought it was the Major League of Professional Wrestling. And that uh, former booker Gary Hart was all for the idea, but they settled for world-class because, well, let's face it, if you can't be the Major League... Your athlete should be world-class. And finally, it is time for our main event of the evening. Uh, the big main event for the first match back, and it is a big one, ladies and gentlemen. Davey Boy Smith Jr., the Baby Bulldog, taking on Jacob Fatu for the MLW Heavyweight title. Uh... In previous promos, Jacob has call, called uh, Davy Boy a poodle and, you know, a puppy and all sorts of other little derogatory tiny dog names. Uh, he's looking to break Davy Boy's back once again. Uh, the match starts off with a lot of big hoss, uh, test of strength type action. Uh, physical and metaphorical. Uh, we do get the actual Greco-Roman test of strength. That's a stalemate. Uh, we get to see them bounce off the ropes. Uh, mostly Fatu bouncing off the ropes, running to Davy Boy Smith, who just shrugs off these shoulder tackles, demands he do it again, and just repeats the process several times before they decide to have themselves a big old hoss strike off. Um, they go back and forth. Finally, Davy Boy hits a bunch of headbutts on the Samoan werewolf and wears the big man down, which 
blew my mind because if anyone who follows wrestling knows you don't headbutt a Samoan son because bad things tend to happen. Um, and, but he won that little test of endurance, uh, though did some damage to himself because after he after he was done, Fatu may have been on the ground, but Davy Boy was staggering around the ring. But he was with it enough to then hit a big vertical suplex on the 300-pounder. Uh, hurt his back in the process, though, which uh, another thing commentary was quick to point out was that uh, the Contra unit during their takeover uh, did uh, did break Davy Boy's back in the process of, well, taking over. Yeah, I, I didn't script that too well. And by didn't script that too well, I mean didn't script it at all, and I'm just freeballing it. Verbally freeballing it, which should come to no surprise for anyone who's listened to me talk before. Anyway, uh, Davy Boy's hurt back has allowed Fatu to take over briefly, uh, hitting some crisp maneuvers, goes for a handspring moonsault, unfortunately does not get to properly connect because Davy Boy gets his knees up in the process. Uh, Davy Boy fights to get his uh, Saido suplex quasi-finish for... For a couple of times. Goes for it. Can't quite get it. Back's hurt. Back's hurt. Finally hits it, like, on the second or third attempt. Uh, only gets a two count, though. Uh, he is in disbelief, even though I'm pretty sure he really hasn't used that in a finish since he's come back from Japan. I mean, it'll be pretty easy to prove me wrong, but, you know, again, freeballing it. I don't remember things, except things that aren't properly needed. Uh, anyway... Uh, once uh, thanks to uh, Davy Boy jawjacking with the referee, Fatu takes over once again briefly. Uh, but Davy Boy catches him in the turnbuckle, goes for the homage de la bulldog. Uh, unfortunately, the back pain is too much. Uh, Fatu is a big, big dude, and when your back's hurt, you can't be hoisting up a 300 pound sack of potatoes, uh, which allows Fatu to squish Davy Boy down on the ground before hitting the best moonsault ever. Uh, the double jump moonsault for the win. Uh, good big Haas fight. Solid storytelling between the two of them. Uh, Fatu retains the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, afterwards, he gets on the mic and runs down Davy Boy, runs down the competition, and notes that Alexander Hammerstone should be very ready if they're ready to if he's ready to go. Uh, because Fatu's the best. This, of course, calls out Hammerstone. Unfortunately, before he can do too much, a big man in a mask and a big, big chair lays out the uh, the openweight champion uh, to end our show. Uh, uh, they We don't know who that mystery man is. He's got himself a black glove. Is he part of Contra? Is he someone who's hates the dynasty? We don't know. I mean, if I'm going to make a guess... This is not spoilers because they haven't revealed it yet, and I don't actually know. But if I'm a betting man, I'm thinking the former Grogon, Logan Kane, who's previously in the world of Pulp Fusion, uh, is threatened to take out both the Dynasty and the Contra unit. Um, so we fade to black, and that is our show for the evening. A uh, very solid affair. Uh, 
I could get nitpicky and talk about, you know, various storytelling things uh, about the middleweight championship match, like, was supposed to be this feud, and really they didn't wrestle like it was a feud, they didn't really wrestle like they hated each other, uh, I mean, it was more of just a very spirited contest, which again, overall, is not a bad thing. Uh, it was very well done. And then the main event, of course, told a very solid story of uh, Davy Boy, you know, trying to persevere through his back injury and Fatu just being a big, big dude, uh, preventing Davy Boy from hitting a lot of the power maneuvers that he's accustomed to. Uh, though I'm mildly surprised we didn't get to see more submissions out of Davy because they did reference uh, some of his uh, catch stylings. Um, and then another big surprise for me, and I'm going to call this one, uh, I mean, a pure neutral. Um, I'm kind of surprised we didn't have, a, uh, didn't see a title change uh, to kind of give our show our big return uh, bang, if you will. Um, but again, storyline-wise, like, yeah, I didn't really didn't necessarily make sense for anybody to lose their title either. Uh, so we'll go with it. Uh, meanwhile, we still have the mystery of the big masked man who done beat down Hammerstone. And let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, Hammerstone is undefeated in one-on-one -on -one competition, as far as I know. And it kind of takes a big dude to take the guy out. So, uh, you know, we could uh, be seeing a new debut. Or it could be, you know, Logan Kane. I don't know. I'll have to go, like, check out my tattoos again, because that guy has some tattoos as well. But, you know, I'm rambling, because, you know, doggone it, I'm really excited to see Major League Wrestling restart. Uh, getting to see some live wrestling once again. I mean, well, live tape wrestling, but seeing brand new uh, wrestling come out of Major League Wrestling, which we obviously haven't seen since the pandemic started. Uh, so this is a good start. I'm excited to see where we're going from here, see what stories were told, and just, again, excited to be a wrestling fan once again. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed the restart as much as I am. Um, please stay tuned for the plugs and whatnot that always comes up next after the show. Um, in the meanwhile, I will attempt to sleep tonight, though I'm way too excited to do it now. Um, and I will see you all then. Hey, all Thanks for sticking out until the end. This is the part where I go over my cheap plugs. So if you like this show and you want to see it succeed, the best way to support is to like, listen, and subscribe, and tell your friends, tell your family, and tell your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook at MLW Confusion. No hyphens, unlike the actual show title. And if you're more interested in my random reverence that don't have anything to do with MLW or its programs, you can check out my social media pages uh, at Twitter and Instagram. At the Nova of Cass. Of course, you can also support monetarily by going to patreon.com slash Casanova. And it's spelled wrong, of course. It's C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A. Whereas for as little as $1 per month, you get access to the podcast two days early and ad-free, plus other assorted weekly goodies. And of course, better rewards come from higher pledges. So be like Maverick45, Alan Schroeder, and Froggy's Wow, and lend your support. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that there are advertising opportunities available to you. Just slide into my DMs for details. Thanks everyone, and I'll see you all next week.